Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. It is my pleasure to welcome Daniel Sim from Rewind to the podcast. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks, Jason. Excited to be here. Oh, mate, it's it's awesome to have you here now. One of the first things I asked you when we first connected before we started recording was you're based in Denmark, but it definitely doesn't sound like a Danish accent. Yeah, I've been all over the place. I uh, I grew up in the northeast of England slash Scotland, lived in London for 10 years and then moved over to Denmark about eight years ago now. Very nice. Did this involve a woman by chance? It did. It did. I don't know if this is pod safe, but they, they, there's a term for people like me called sex refugees here. Oh, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. My, I'm originally American and, and I've been in New Zealand for 25 years. My wife's a Kiwi. So I definitely can. I definitely have uh, empathy for your situation. That's for sure. Now, you've had a lot of experience on the web space, the e-com space. You've been doing it for a very long time. You were CEO of Plugin SEO. You were founder and CEO, Plugin Useful, director of Pemberton Rank. You were founder of App Store Analytics. And for just over eight months now, you've been the GM of Shopify for Rewind Backup. Yeah, it's a long journey, but I, for whatever reason, I ended up in this e-commerce space and I love it. I love working with merchants, especially the Shopify platform. I think there's a special group of people that sell and are part of the ecosystem there. By happy accent, I've been with Shopify for about 10 years. Very nice. Now, just to set the scene so that everybody knows what Rewind is, I'll give you my take on it and then you can, you can correct anything that I get wrong. So Rewind is essentially a SaaS-based cloud backup service for SaaS applications. And specifically, you I, I know that when Rewind was new, I've, I've had some experience with Rewind in the past when I was working agency side. And originally, the, the focus was really backing up Shopify so stores. Then you added BigCommerce. And now you back up other SaaS platforms or other cloud-based platforms. You provide backup for QuickBooks. You provide backup for GitHub, Trello, Microsoft 365, Jira. And you also offer SaaS-based copy services for Shopify, BigCommerce, and QuickBooks. And so for anybody that doesn't understand how you came to be or why you came to be, I'll let you tell that story in a moment. But a lot of, I notice when I start working with merchants, particularly if they are looking to deploy a SaaS platform like a Shopify or a big commerce or any other SaaS platform, they think, well, the SaaS platform backs up all my data, right? They have rolling backups. And that way, if I, there's no chance of me ever losing my data. And therefore, if I ever have an issue or there's an outage, then they're going to deal with that. They're going to bring me back to a current state, or I can ask them to roll me back to a previous state of data. But what these merchants also don't understand is that is typically a very time-consuming process. They can't always do it easily or quickly, and they can't always rewind to exactly the point in time that you want to roll back to of your data. So let's say you're loading products into your e-commerce platform and you get something dramatically wrong. You're uploading a CSV of product data to your website and you get one column out of place or one mapping out of place and you wipe out a whole bunch of data and you only had that data in your e-commerce platform and so therefore what do you do to restore data back to its original state before you stuffed it up essentially and because these SaaS platforms don't offer that type of service they don't have 
an admin backend service where you can just click a button and roll back to five minutes ago or roll back to an hour ago or roll back to a day ago. That's why Rewind is there. And if we compare this to something like an on-premise piece of software, like a Magento or something from Oracle or uh, SAP or something that is an on-premise piece of software, typically the way that the issue that you solve for is dealt with is through disaster recovery. And because those are on-premise technologies and because the hosting is the responsibility of the merchant, uh, then as a result of that, typically what will happen is a system will be put into place to do regular backups in a RAID type of a, a scenario to where if you do need to wind back to a previous point, then all that data is on the server at certain waypoints and it's a relatively easy process to fail over, fail back, and you've got all these disaster recovery scenarios where you can get your data back. But in the SaaS world, that it is not as straightforward. And so therefore, that's how Rewind fills that gap in the market. Does, would, I, would I be correct in that? Couldn't have said it better myself. I think it's uh, a great summary of what we do. And I think it's, it's, that, it's that gap that, that, that we identified in the, in the kind of past. I guess you can call it that now is there's been a huge migration to the cloud. The sys, sysadmins would back up the whole thing, right? You would have all of your software, all of your data backed up onto media and you could recover to, to basically any kind of granularity you wanted. But when we migrated to the cloud, that left a hole there. The platforms themselves, they offer disaster recovery. So if an asteroid hits a server or there's, there's a huge uh, data loss event, then they've got your back. They'll recover all of your data. But as I'm sure you can imagine, those kind of events are, are super. The things that are more likely to happen are, are like you said, that there's a human error, there's um, a coding error in a CSV that someone uploads. Someone pushes the wrong button because they're new. All of these kind of things happen frighteningly often. And they're the kind of things that the SaaS platforms themselves don't help you with. So it, it was that gap that, that we identified with Rewind and is where our mission is to back up all of these SaaS products in the cloud to make sure that whatever happens, you can get back to a good state. Great. And if we think about some of the more technical aspects of what you guys do and how you do it, Obviously, because you don't have direct access to the backend servers of a SaaS platform like a Shopify or a BigCommerce, you guys connect to those platforms via API, and therefore, you can, for example, even with only read-only access, you can download at regular intervals based on, say, a cron job. Hey, we want to download all of our product data once per hour, and we want to store that and rewind, or we want to download all of our customer day once a day to rewind and we want to store that there so that it can be easily uploaded or uploaded or recovered or worst case scenario it can be moved into another platform or another system so really you guys are providing a middleware tool that connects to the apis of these systems then you provide the merchant with a ui user interface that they can go into rewind and reverse the process should it ever be required. So let's say you're backing up your product data every hour, then obviously somebody makes a mistake and a piece of data is wiped out or a whole lot of data is wiped out. They can go into the Rewind dashboard. They can say, okay, go back to one hour ago of my Shopify product data. Then you, what your system will do, it will reverse the process, connect to the right API of Shopify. It will then push that product data back into Shopify from a known good previous state. And effectively, the, the merchant picks back up again where they left off pre-mistake. Exactly, exactly. One, one point to note is 
we do something even better where we can with the platform without getting too far down the, the, the technical rabbit hole. There's something called a webhook, and that's the way that the platform tells us that something's changed in the account. So to use your example there, if someone goes in and edits a product in the Shopify admin, we'll get a webhook from Shopify to say that this has been done, and we can back that up straight away. In that sense, we can offer you real-time backups where it's possible to do, because you can imagine there are situations as well, if you take that hourly snapshot, some things can fall between the cracks, and we want to make sure that we always have the most up-to-date data available for you. Absolutely. And if I was to think back to the merchants that I worked with, where Rewind seemed to make the most sense, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like the brands where it made most sense was where they were sort of medium-sized brands that didn't necessarily have the internal IT nows or capability to set up something like this on their own, or they didn't have system administrators or an agency that could set this up and maybe schedule backups to, to an S3 bucket over at AWS or something like that. Because I have seen a lot of brands that are more technically astute. They have their own backup and recovery, disaster recovery, you know, business continuity planning, even though they've got SaaS platforms. And they take that ownership completely on themselves. And they have infrastructure in place to make sure that this happens to where they've got everything backed up. And oftentimes, the larger businesses also have something like a PIM platform that mediates all the product data anyway, that has a roll forward, roll back capability within the PIM platform itself. And oftentimes, that product data is an integrated product data set where maybe core product data will come out of an ERP, maybe the, the name, the SKU, the price, the maybe the inventory, the name of the product, and that's it. And then that data will go into a PIM, be enriched with all the images and all the descriptions and the attributes. And then integration will push all those products into an e-commerce platform like a Shopify or BigCommerce. And obviously in those scenarios, as long as the intermediate system, i.e. the PIM in this case, has an effective backup recovery system and process built into it or hanging off of it, then obviously something like Rewind wouldn't necessarily be a great fit. But where you guys feel like a perfect fit are those more mid-sized brands that maybe aren't that technically advanced, as I said, or they don't have other components in the stack that are integrated and automated such that they are doing a tremendous amount of manual work in these SaaS platforms. So they might be, they might be even updating inventory via CSV. So they're updating prices, inventory, maybe even descriptions as they make updates, as they add attributes to products. And in those cases where they're doing bulk, basically bulk uploads via CSV, you only have to get one thing wrong in a CSV and all of a sudden everything can be completely out of whack and you can completely stuff up your catalog. And it might take you hours to figure out what that problem was outside of rewind, which means downtime, you've effectively got to take your site offline until you figure out where the data went wrong and perhaps hopefully be able to re-upload it in a better state. So it feels like you feel that niche right in the middle where a brand really needs a turnkey solution that is super easy and super fast and pretty much out of the box to implement. And basically they can unload effectively that technical responsibility and technical debt directly to you guys. Yeah, I think I would say you're totally on the money when we're thinking about like the master data and where that's stored. As a merchant gets larger, generally it's not just Shopify they use to run their business and they have integrations with these other best in class platforms and tools you know, like PIMS, as you mentioned, and that's where the master data is stored. So should something happen in Shopify, then they can get back to the original product data uh, by going back to their PIM. 
what I would say is what we found from merchants is that it's often the unexpected that happens that that you need to be prepared for. And the solutions that we've seen where uh, people have tried to build their own solution in-house with an IT department, sometimes with like significant resources, there are always these blind spots. Like they might decide, okay, we're going to build a backup solution in real time for our product data. But that doesn't cover you for any issues with the pages on the website if someone accidentally deletes one of those or heaven forbid that there's a malicious actor that's able to wipe out all of their content on their site that's stored in Shopify. It's these blind spots that that we really want to make sure don't exist with our products. We want to back up everything in your Shopify store so that should anything happen, the most unexpected things that we can get you back up. And I think that's our spot. We want to, we want to be the product that has your back should something go wrong full stop. And that can be a huge merchant who has really complex integrations with third-party systems, or it can be a smaller merchant who does everything on Shopify for their business. We want to make sure that coverage of the object types in Shopify is very comprehensive and that the backups are real-time as well, wherever possible. That's the other thing we see with in-house or other solutions, manual solutions even. It's it's really the the data consistency and how up-to-date it is where they often fall down might be that someone's forgotten to, to do the backup that day and then something bad happens to the store. Or it could be just a system that falls over. We invest heavily in, in our infrastructure to make sure that we have very good uptime and very good response time. And you can imagine these, these merchants get large. There's a huge volume of data that needs to be backed up. It's not just a case of a few updates happening every minute. You have multiple huge updates in over a matter of seconds. And our system has to ingest all of that and back it up. So it's a significant engineering challenge to build a backup system. One of these things that is deceptively simple on the outside, but as soon as you get into the details, it it explodes in complexity. And that's really where we see ourselves. Like backups are something you shouldn't have to worry about or build yourself in-house. You should be able to trust us with that part of your business. That's a beautiful segue into the discussion around the data types you do back up and From my perspective, obviously the only limitation to your service is what does the SaaS platform provide in the way of API endpoints? Obviously, if it doesn't expose a certain data set to an API, then you guys can't connect to it. And so really you are bound by what the SaaS platform allows you to connect to. But fortunately, I guess with the more popular and common SaaS platforms, they've got API endpoints for just about everything. And so I guess a merchant, correct me if I'm wrong, but a merchant can selectively back up certain data sets to rewind. For example, in the case of a Shopify store, they might want to back up their products. They might want to back up their customer data. They might want to back up their transactional data. They might want to, because again, as you said, it might not be something that is technically falling over from a Shopify side, but it might be a, I don't know, it might be a disgruntled ex-employee or something that decides to try to do as much damage to a Shopify store as possible before they leave the business. Heaven forbid they do. With one click of a button, you can pretty easily damage a Shopify store, a big commerce store, by wiping out big sections of a catalog or going in and and deleting a whole bunch of transactions or going in and deleting a whole bunch of customer records. You can pretty severely damage a site to the point where it's very difficult to recover it back to a usable state where in the process of recovering it, you don't do more damage in the sense that if by the time you realize something has happened, let's say they've wiped out a bunch of transactions or customer data, even if you went to restore it, obviously there between the time that they did that malicious act and the time you do the recovery, there is stuff that's happening in between time. And you don't want to go back and overwrite all of that as well when you do the disaster recovery portion of the exercise. 
And so how do you guys deal with those different types of data that can come from those systems? And then how do you deal with any interim rollbacks or interim data that's been entered in the system since the prior rollback? How does that, because obviously there has to be some sort of emerging process or some sort of process that captures the delta since the last backup of data that's actually entered the system in the meantime. So how do you guys think about those types of scenarios? Yeah, one of the things that is great about Shopify is their APIs are, are comprehensive and just a shout out to their architectural decisions they've made with the platform and it should be completely open when it comes to querying and also manipulating data through their APIs. That's for a product like ours, it's essential. There can't be these blind spots that I've talked about. And to be just totally frank, on some of the platforms, they, they don't have the same breadth and depth of APIs available. And that's a huge limitation for us. And I would also argue it's poor for the ecosystems they're trying to create. But yeah, on Shopify, we can basically access and manipulate everything that we need to. And that's super important for these scenarios that you're talking about. So the way, way we address this, this issue of kind of the gap between when uh, an event happens and, and actually finding that it's, it's gone wrong and restoring your, your store to a good place is by offering two, two different ways to, to do your restore. So we can restore to a point in time, which is the one you've already talked about. If you know that your store was in a good place three hours ago and you want to restore to exactly how it was back then, then super simple, go into rewind backups and, and choose that time and everything will go back to that point in time. Obviously with exceptions, like we, we wouldn't want to um, roll back any orders that you'd received in the period. So there's some intelligence on that as well. And then the second scenario is where maybe something happened on your store three hours ago, but since then someone's written a few blog posts, maybe they've uploaded some new products. You don't want those to go back. You just want, for example, the theme to go back to its state it was three hours ago. So it's that granularity that we offer as well, as you talked about the different object types. In Rewind Backups, you can go and you can say, I just want my theme to go back to how it was at this point in time. And that way you can cherry exactly what you want to go back to and what you want to preserve. And we find that obviously there are numerous different scenarios that can happen uh, that would mean you'd want to do a restore. But with both of those uh, features, we find that we cover all of the use cases to get your store back to a good place. And what are the sort of most common, because I'm, I'm getting, we'll get to how you price and how you guys make your money in, in a bit, but I'm guessing that obviously the more data types and the more frequency or basically a complete Delta update plus the total volume of data that you might be storing on behalf of a merchant, obviously that all comes into play in terms of how you price and how you bill customers for your SaaS service. So it may not make sense commercially for a brand to back up absolutely everything from a Shopify store or a big commerce store, but it may make commercial sense for them to back up all their product data. But what are the most common data types that you see most brands taking on through Rewind when they sign up with you? I'm guessing that that products is 99.9% .9 of the time is a default. They're going to they're gonna back up their products with you. What are the other common object types within, say, a Shopify or BigCommerce that merchants are most likely to want to back up through you and give them that peace of mind that you were referring to? Yeah, great question. So the way the product works is we back up everything uh, that we can when you install because we, we believe that you don't exactly know what's going to go wrong with your store. So that should the unexpected happen, we want to make sure that we have a history of that object type for you. So that's the peace of mind that we offer. but. Obviously, there are certain object types that people are more concerned with and 
are more affected by these types of data loss and data corruption events. And we would say that like product data actually is, is one of the top ones. A lot of store owners use CSVs to upload changes to their store, or maybe they have a feed or a third party app that's manipulating that product data. Unfortunately, that often goes wrong. All it needs is a, like a stray comma or a column name to be wrong there, or an app to, to have a bug in it, or just simple human error through the, the Shopify admin. So those kind of things happen a lot. And, and with Rewind, you can restore individual products or you can restore all products back to a specific point in time. The other thing that we see a lot of is the theme itself. Apps can manipulate the theme. Third-party developers can make changes in the theme. And Shopify's editor in the Shopify admin allows you to scroll back and see particular files and how they were at a point in time. But what we find is when there is a bug on the store, maybe a pop-up isn't firing or the add to cart button isn't working. It's really hard to, to use that to, to find out exactly what went wrong. So we find the theme is a very important object type for our merchants because they can go back to a good state of the entire theme. That's something that isn't possible in the Shopify admin. You can't say, take the theme back to how it was a week ago. And you also can't see the a list of all of the changes to all of the files in the theme. So I would say if I was to pick the, the kind of two object types that are the most important to merchants, it would be product data and, uh, and themes. Makes a lot of sense. I guess if your UX is broken, horribly broken, then it means your customers can't transact with you. And that's a pretty red alert scenario to try to recover from if the add to cart button is missing, as you say, or installing a theme, installing an app, you might install a promo app or something like that, that modifies the product detail page, but it completely horribly breaks the UX of the PDP, then obviously you want to get back to a good state as quick as possible. And as you rightly point out, oftentimes when you uninstall these apps, they don't roll back their theme changes. So they don't, they modify the theme and they inject their new bits of code, their new, new liquid snippets into the theme. They inject that in but they oftentimes don't do a full removal of that when the app is uninstalled. And so, as you rightly point out, one of the biggest issues for merchants to face, especially if they've worked with freelancers primarily and they don't have an e-commerce development agency that manages all their development for them and owns version control between a staging and a production environment, et cetera, then it can be a pretty terrifying thing for a business if they go to install an app that they think is pretty innocuous that, I don't know, it could be something as simple as a push notification app. And it ultimately does something because that particular version has a bug in it or something like that. And it screws up the front end code to a point where the site almost becomes non-transactional. Or if it's a site search tool or something like that, and it screws up some of the JavaScript on the front end, it can be a pretty scary thing for a merchant to go, actually, we don't know exactly what or how this got broken. And we certainly don't know how to restore it back to a good state, do we? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very stressful time, and obviously we've seen a lot of these stressful times, and it's the worst scenario where you don't know what's gone wrong as well. You might have an inclination of okay, it was maybe this app, or maybe it was that developer we hired last week who's just started making theme changes. It's really unpicking what went wrong. It's really tricky. So yeah, these uh, and I, I would say apps are apps are generally generally very good quality in so on the Shopify app store. But also coding and software development is, is very hard. Uh, there are so many different types of 
Shopify stores, configurations, themes, customizations to the theme. And, and some developers really struggle with supporting all of those different theme structures and ways of structuring a product page, for example, and what an add to cart button looks like. So it's just natural with so many different possibilities out there that there are going to be these few cases where apps can, apps can damage the theme and can stop functionality from working on the front end in the store. And with the whole of the Shopify ecosystem, like it, it does happen fairly frequently. But thankfully, with a product like Rewind, you can get back to a good state. And, and most app developers are super responsive as well in that once they know that Rewind has restored the store to a good place, then they can look at what actually happened and, and fix the root cause there as well. You, you raise a very good point. And at last count, there was over 6,000 apps in the Shopify app store. And even if every single one of those apps worked perfectly with Shopify, with every single version of that app and every single update to Shopify, which is obviously a mean feat in itself, there is no guarantee that every one of those 6,000 apps will play nicely with each other. And that, and I guess that's the real key, right? Is that it's virtually impossible for Shopify to police. Yes, they have coding standards. Yes, they have regular app standards in terms of the model in which apps can integrate with, with the theme and also with other baseline functionality of the of core Shopify. And so there is a framework there, a default framework that app developers will develop against. However, as you rightly point out, I think it is just going to be so difficult to guarantee that every single one of those 6,000 apps, particularly if they overlap similar areas within the theme, that they will always play nicely with each other because there's just so much complexity in that liquid theme for a given page. Yeah, it's a classic software engineering problem, N plus one, where you just have a basically unlimited uh, combinations available. And that's what we are in Shopify. Like the, the flexibility of the platform is awesome, but I would go so far to say that every single Shopify store is unique in its configuration of apps and theme and obviously data as well. And, and working in an environment like that, it's very hard to, to make something that's compatible with everything. It's, it's probably impossible, really. There's always going to be this edge case where apps A, D and F don't talk to each other prop properly, but A, B and C, they're totally fine. And as an app developer myself in the past, like I, I know that these things naturally come up and really that the key just speaking to app developers here is just to know that the merchants should be able to get back into a good place as, as quickly as possible. And a product like Rewind Backups can help them to do so. Great. And why don't we, there's two other questions that immediately leapt to mind as you were describing that. And that one, what is your, I get guess depth of integration when we compare something like Shopify to big commerce, are you able to back up pretty much the same breadth and depth of data on big commerce as you are Shopify or because your Shopify integration came out first, it's probably had more time in development. And so therefore you can probably, it's probably more mature than your integration with big commerce. Yeah. Every platform's different. I would say big commerce does a, does a pretty good job of having a broad and deep API and it's one that they're actively developing and uh, they keep up to date with platform changes. So I would say great job to big commerce for that. And what we've been sure to do is focus on these highest impact object types and the ones that are most critical to businesses. And we've done a good job with that on big commerce as well. It's a different platform. There are different object types and it's a different architecture, but we have the same comprehensive backup that's available for us on big commerce as it is for Shopify. So it's very rare that 
backups on big commerce can't help a merchant out get them back to a good state and even in those cases it is tougher we have a great support team who will move heaven and earth to 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 get the store back to a good place so different platforms but we've been able to achieve similar coverage with big commerce as well it's great to hear now how does something like big commerce announcing today that they've just released into the wild into production they multi-storefront functionality that obviously adds a completely new level and new layer of complexity when we've got interplay and interactions internal within big commerce between one storefront and another and being able to manage that all through one centralized admin being able to selectively choose products that will display on more than one storefront being able to modify things like payment methods and shipping rules and all that and promotions and all sorts of other things on a, on a singular admin, being able to modify that across multiple storefronts at one time, that obviously makes that architecture significantly more complex than what was previously available on BigCommerce and what is currently available on Shopify, where effectively with Shopify, you've got one store, one admin, end of story. And so therefore everything is discrete in terms of what you've got to back up. When big commerce was going out to their app vendors and said, hey, look, multi-storefront is coming. You need to make your apps multi-storefront aware and multi-storefront compatible. I'm guessing that was a pretty large engineering challenge to be able to support that. Yeah, we're really excited about multi-storefront. It's it's an awesome development on the big commerce platform. And I think it's really, uh, I think it's really great as well just to see the competition between big commerce and Shopify. They are, they're definitely foils to each other and benefit at the end of the day of having two players in the market with a similar philosophy to, to building out an e-commerce platform. That's great. We, we have been talking to big commerce from the early days of multi-storefront. We've been a, a part of their beta program there to make sure that we can um, remain compatible with multi-storefront as it comes out and gets developed in the beta and is released out into the wild as we have it now as well so yeah it's a it's a constant work for us to stay up to date with these things but but thankfully we're investing very heavily in in technology we're uh, investing heavily in a new technology that we call platform engine and what this allows us to do is to add support for new things like multi-storefront or a new object type that Shopify comes out, say, meta fields really quickly. Where in the past, we've uh, obviously had to, to make this constant investment and literally just write lines of code to support all these different object types. With with Platform Engine, what we uh, hope to achieve is to have a, an approach where we can add new object types and new architectures within a matter of days. So as someone like big commerce comes out with multi storefront we'll be able to add that support super quickly and and the same is true for new platforms as well as a new e-commerce vendor comes rises through the ranks and and becomes uh, the new hot then we can add support for them or even a completely new saas on a different platform so i don't know if that answers your question but it's something that we're really on top of and and super aware of that it's it's a constantly changing landscape and that merchants trust us to to have their back should the worst go wrong and we're investing heavily in our core technology to answer it perfectly now if we think a little bit about your copy function one of the things that a lot of merchants don't necessarily know going in is that neither shopify nor big commerce offer the easy ability to say, hey, look, I've got two storefronts on Shopify. I want them to effectively run very similar catalogs and I want them to have very similar info pages and I want them to have very similar blog posts or whatever. There is no easy way to simply say, okay, I want every product that goes onto this store to also go onto this store. I want every 
web page that gets created on this store to automatically be copied to this store, or I want every blog post to be cross-posted across stores. And so as I understand it, you fulfill that function. You can effectively apply the plumbing that you would normally use for backups. You're effectively doing a backup and then you're doing a restore to a second storefront. And so effectively you're providing that essential conduit and plumbing to where they don't have to copy and paste between stores. They can effectively use rewind as the copy paste function in an automated way between stores. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. It's allow, as you can imagine, there are all kinds of different use cases that pop out here, but that core thing of having multiple stores and some data synced between them is where is where copy is in its element. It's, it's a fantastic product, really. I think it supports merchants who maybe have different needs per geography. We were speaking to a merchant the other day who, who had to, like different like localized sites, but also with very tailored humor on them, for example, which is something I, I hadn't thought of before, but like something that might be funny in, in the UK wouldn't land very well in uh, the States, for example. So they were using copy to, to, to do something like that. So the, the product's flexible in that way. And I would say the other use case that I'm really excited about with copy is being able to bring a proper staging and development and publishing workflow to Shopify. We can see that a lot of merchants go directly into the uh, Shopify store and make changes there. That, that kind of horrified me when I first got into the Shopify space because I come from a development background and we would always have a, a development, a test, a staging and a production environment to make sure that there are those checkpoints all the way through and that like, like a bad piece of code didn't get to production, but also simple stuff like your products look, look right when they're published or promotions don't go live too early, all of these things. Copy supports that use case very strongly as well in that people can have development tests, staging and production environment that allows them to, to make sure that these problems don't get into production in the first place. So that's kind of why we, we have the copy product and the backups products is that they're extremely complementary in that copy can prevent problems from happening in the first place and backups, should a problem happen, can recover in case it does. Yeah, I had never really thought of Rewind as part of a proper CI/CD pipeline. And because most, I guess, if you're working with an agency, then they're using something like they're using Bitbucket and they're using, they're using Jira, they're using Bitbucket, they're using all sorts of other proper CI/CD pipeline management technologies that allow them to, as you say, vet pieces of work that go to a staging environment first, it gets QA'd and UAT'd there, and then it gets deployed to production on a regular cadence and yeah i hadn't really thought about that but you're, you're absolutely right that makes sense and obviously if you're working with freelancers largely or if you are not necessarily working with a, an agency that has a really super strong and rigorous ci cd pipeline then you can obviously introduce more rigor into the process by using something like copy and introducing that as a step in the business process so that makes absolute sense now how do you guys make your money you're a SaaS platform and I'm guessing you have multiple pricing models. I mean, I see that it's, it seems to be largely, particularly if it's a transactional platform like a Shopify or BigCommerce, it's largely based on the number of transactions that store does every month. Is that is that? That's right, yeah. We've taken orders as the way to, to charge customers. And that's pretty universal across, obviously, if, if, if you're integrating with a Trello or something like that, then there's no orders to key off of. So do you have almost like a channel-specific price for non-transactional platform exactly yeah on other platforms we 
are tending to go toward users because that's a great way to, to to demonstrate the value that we're giving to uh, our customers. And then for something like Trello, we've, we've chosen boards as the value metric in that case. So we tailor it to the platform we're on. Love it. And what is on the Rewind roadmap, whether that be some of additional functionality for channels and, and platforms that you already support, or are there some new platforms that you can share that are on your roadmap to add? Is there something like a NetSuite? What a what other types of SaaS platforms are in the thinking within the business that, hey, this is on our bucket list and we're going to add those within the next 24 months or something like that? What's on the roadmap for Rewind? Yes, yeah, so the kind of trend that we identified, I don't think you can even call it trend now, it's, it's here, is that everyone's migrated to the cloud, right? They've gone from these on-premise solutions and and now all of their software and their data is is in the cloud. And that's true if you're like an enterprise or um, a small company as well. So really, we don't see any bounds in the type of products and platforms we should back up. That being said, we can see some key demand in, in various spaces. So e-commerce is obviously a strong one. It's where we originated. The Shopify and big commerce products are extremely strong with large user bases. So we really want to get into other e-commerce platforms as well. Many are many are moving to the cloud themselves. So we want to cover all of those. Accounting as, as well has also been a, a really great one for us. Makes sense, doesn't it? Like there's, there's financial data and it. it's key to running your business. So that means really strong for us. So expect to see more growth and development there. And also the developer space. To be totally frank, I was quite surprised as a developer that there was a market for, for, for Git backups um, because you think of Git as a distributed versioning tool that like you just have history there already. But we've seen strong demand for, for our GitHub product. And we really want to look at the ecosystems around uh, developer and productivity tools. So there's this. Another area which is really my uh, sweet spot is going deep onto e-commerce platforms as well. I've touched a little bit on copy. We're going to be investing heavily in copy to, to make it um, a real flagship product for us so that, as I said, we can prevent and stop problems from happening in the first place. So expect to see a lot of stuff coming out of this around preempting problems, encouraging best practices when it comes to publishing stuff to production, and just some really exciting R&D we're working on around alerting and all of these kind of use cases about why people have needed to do a restore. In our ideal world, they wouldn't need to do that restore in the first place. We, we really want to cover all of those situations and, and make sure that we can prevent problems from happening. So they're the, they're the two strands we have as a business. Mine is to go deep on the in the e-commerce space, and then the rest of the business is focused on backing up all SaaS products in the cloud. And I'm guessing by definition, that means you're looking at the likes of Salesforce Commerce Cloud, the likes of Vtex, basically any SaaS e-commerce platform that reaches a certain threshold of deployment in the market, then that would justify potentially an investment by you guys. And then thinking of something like in the accounting space, like a zero, zero seeing massive adoption globally and Obviously, it's a SaaS platform, so I'm guessing those types of platforms are definitely on your radar. Yeah, all of those you've named, we are actively investigating. Very good. As we wrap up and we come down to the close of our time together, if somebody wants to learn more about Rewind, if they want to try it out, if they want to get a hold of you, is the best place they can go is to just rewind.com. And I, I see there you obviously show all the products that you integrate with. You have pricing information. You've got some other resources and support there. And you've obviously got some contact details there in live chat. Is that if somebody wants to try Rewind out or if they want to get a hold of you, is that the very best place they can go is just go to rewind.com and start there. 
Certainly. And I'm always happy to chat to merchants. I think it's one of my highlights to my day to be able to, to talk to merchants and how they use the product and also agencies too. I think agencies have such like a deep customer affinity. So I, I love sp- speaking to both groups. So feel free to, to drop me a DM on Twitter. I'm slash drsim there or drop an email as well. So daniel.simrewind.com. I'm always happy to, to chat backups, copy anything in this space. Fantastic. Well, I thank you so much for your time. And I've introduced a new segment to the podcast where at the end, right before we finish off, I turn the tables on myself. I turn the microphone over to you and I let you ask me one question, any question you like, and I do my very best to answer it for you. So over to you. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know if this is a bit controversial, but what's the biggest mistake that you've done that involves a merch and how did you recover from it? Wow, that is an amazing question. That is such a great question. Um, We've all, we all have mistakes, right? Like I, <laughs> I think it's helpful to talk about them because we all talk about the successes. Like I've done some pretty horrendous things in the past. I'm super curious to hear your experience. Yeah, luckily I haven't. Luckily, as both a consultant and, and working agency side, I can't remember anything that stood out to me that said, oh, God, we've done this mistake that really, really significantly harmed a, a merchant. But there's two things that stand out to me that re- I guess are a warning shot both to me and to anybody working in the space and to merchants themselves is that particularly if you're running self-hosted software, I was working with a client years ago who was on Magento 1. They, they weren't running the latest security patches of Magento 1. Their site was compromised. A whole lot of customer data was compromised, including credit card data. It almost put them out of business and they just... They weren't keeping up with with the patching and they didn't want to spend the money with the development agency that they were working with to keep up with the patching because it's it's a fairly significant expense for a brand. And and, and even where they're willing to spend that money, sometimes the the patches are a day late and a dollar short, particularly on the on-prem side of things. And so I have seen that and it, it very nearly put them out of the business. They had to, they had to, they were very transparent with their customers and they sent out an email to every single customer, letting them know that there's a possibility that their card was compromised. And man, it really severely damaged their brand. So I think keeping a focus on cybersecurity is always important, even in a SaaS environment where PCI compliance, for example, is the responsibility of the platform vendor, etc. I think that those things can still happen, and, and particularly where you've got employees involved, where they can export things out of the back end and they can steal IP. Now, you hope that never happens. But you have to have a business process in place to to make sure that it can't and doesn't happen or that you'll be alerted if it does happen. And so I think there is there is opportunity for malicious acts to happen, whether it be through an outside party or an internal party. And I think that's really important. And then I think the other thing that you have to be super, super careful with, and I have made the odd mistake with this, is DNS settings. And this Mm. is primarily back in, again, with mostly self-hosted software. But I, I was working at a at a, at a merchant, and you make one tiny DNS error, and it can take your site offline until the next DNS zone rebuild, and that can take it can take up to fifteen minutes. And I think for me, that was probably one of the areas where, when maybe early in my career, I didn't have the respect for DNS that I do now, and the utter terror of of DNS that I do now. And yeah, so I've seen some pretty nasty things happen with DNS as well, where a site becomes inaccessible because maybe an IP address has been set wrong or Cloudflare, the firewall has been incorrectly configured or something like that. So I have actually had that happen to me and it is absolutely, utterly terrifying when customer service rings you and says, oh, are you aware the site's down? 
and you then have to try to figure out what why the site is down how it happened is it an infrastructural issue or is it just simply a misconfiguration that you have stuffed up and it is incredibly embarrassing so yeah i guess we live and learn but those would be two areas that are really merchants need to keep a very close eye on yeah yeah i've had some cold sweat moments with dns settings no doubt and i think i understand it now and and get the detail right and everything but it's uh yeah i can point at many occasions in the past where i thought that the dns was properly set up but for whatever reason or the oh wow there's no website at that address anymore so that's not a fun moment and especially you have to wait for the propagation to go through you don't know if it's going to work or not so that kind of feedback loop is exceptionally uh, nerve-wracking and patches yeah i think i think it's great that this is something that's kind of uh, i don't know if it's, it's kind of moved out of my psyche at least when i think about software i'm sure there's a lot of it administrators that still do think about this but with the move to the cloud, like there, there's actually so much that's taken over, taken from the customer's play over to the, the platform's play and yeah, security patching and, and that kind of thing, their own network infrastructure. I think it's a huge win for businesses not to have to worry about that because it's it's super expensive to, to keep up to date with, with those things. Yeah, it worked out to be, uh, that's why I've moved to all SaaS myself across all the platforms that I support and, and consult on. And it is just, it is utterly changed the game for me and it's utterly changed the game for merchants i believe i came from a very strong magento background and so had a lot of experience in that space across many on-prem platforms and oh my lord it's just i don't think a lot of merchants today realize how good they have it with modern SaaS platforms where they don't mm -hmm. have to think about pci compliance and so many other things and patching it, it is a it's a brave new world of SaaS. there's no question about that and it's a very exciting place to be and i think we're in the I think we're COVID has stoked the fuels of the e-commerce fire in particular. And we're very fortunate to be working in this industry. That's for sure. Versus uh, there's a lot of industries that are doing it real tough still. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I, I think this, I didn't mention it, but it's something called the shared responsibility model. There are certain things that the platform is responsible for and there's certain things that the end customer is responsible for. That's been normalized in, in SaaS. So patching falls in there hot but we're responsible for yeah if someone deletes a product that that we have to have that covered i think it's great that those lines have been drawn and they're now clear across basically every SaaS platform in the world and yeah it's a net positive definitely. couldn't agree more daniel thank you so much for your time i'm really impressed with the rewind product i've always been impressed with the rewind product and definitely it can bring an incredible amount of peace of mind to any merchant who is running a SaaS platform and thinks perhaps erroneously that their data is going to always be backed up by the SaaS vendor and easily recoverable. And it's just simply not the case in practice. And you fill a very large gap in the market. So congratulations. Good job. And I wish Rewind every success. And I'd love to get you guys back on the pod maybe in 12 to 18 months and see what new platforms you've added and see how the platform has evolved in the meantime. So thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. I really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for listening to the At The Coalface podcast. If you want more At The Coalface, you can subscribe to our premium e-commerce and digital newsletter, At The Coalface Digest.